On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, we take a road trip south for the Vauxhall Academy of Baseball's annual banquet and awards night. Welcome to episode 78 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. You know baseball season is just around the corner when all of the different programs across this province are holding their annual awards and fundraising banquets. Our own Ian Wilson headed south to Vauxhall Academy of Baseball last weekend and chatted with a number of the guests. We'll start this week's episode with his discussion with the guest speaker, former Toronto Blue Jays infielder Rance Mullenix. Rance, first off, I guess, uh, have you been to Alberta before? I believe you've done some speaking here before. Am I correct there? I haven't done any speaking, but okay. I've definitely been here because uh, in association with the, with the Blue Jays, I've done some uh, youth clinics, okay. uh, Lethbridge, uh, Medicine Hat, of course, Calgary, Edmonton. So, yes, I'm familiar with the area. Yeah. How? Uh, why did you come to Vauxhall? What uh, attracted you to this particular program? And well, I was contacted by the Alamar Foundation, okay. uh, a guy named Craig Nyman, and asked me if I would be interested in, in uh, attending. Mm-hmm. And I, I told him, yeah, absolutely, I'd love to do it. So that's kind of a long story short. They yeah. make all the arrangements, and yeah. all I really have to do is show up and enjoy the evening, have a yeah. good time. Uh, you had a chance, I've uh, talked to some of the, the athletes here and they mentioned that they got a chance to meet you. What was part of the message that you wanted to send to them? Well, I, I, a, f- a few things, shared a couple of baseball stories, but just wanted to emphasize to them the, the importance of accountability. Hold yourself accountable. If you make a mistake, own it, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and always have the willingness to, uh, to learn and to get better. Yeah. And, and if you do that, then... Even if you don't ever become a major league baseball player, you can most certainly be a success. Yeah. Uh, any early impressions of the, the facilities here, the baseball scene in Alberta? Uh, anything stand out, or is it too too early for that? No, this uh, actually uh, this is uh, very impressive. I had you know who would have thought that in a small town like Vauxhall yeah. that you would have this type of facility and, and program. Mm-hmm. So it is tremendous. I mean, well, I've, I've been through the facilities. Uh, you know, these, they, they go to school, they get to play baseball, and uh, it, it's, it's a great setup. Very, very impressive. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, I had the opportunity to interview uh, Matt Stairs last year. He had played in Edmonton before, and I talked to him about the role of pinch hitting specifically. Uh, you you kind of made a name for yourself uh, both uh, playing in tandem uh, and also uh, as a pinch hitter. Tell me about the difficulty of that role and, and what kept you, what made you so good at it? Well, uh, as a pinch hitter, one of the most important things is you have to accept the role from a mental standpoint. Yeah. And just make sure that you're prepared well in advance for the for a for a pitch hit situation, and then be committed to what you're trying to do. It if you have the right mental approach to it and the right attitude about it, mm-hmm. it's not as difficult as it may seem. Mm-hmm. Um, other than the fact, you know, you get this one. You don't get four at bats. You just get the one at bat. Yeah. But if you're committed and you have a plan and you stay with it. You, you can uh, thrive in, in that situation. So that's that's all I really tried to do, was just make sure I was well prepared 
well in advance before the situation situation ever came up. There's an excitement to it too, isn't there? Knowing that you're going to be called upon in critical situations. Exactly, because you and you, you, there's two, there's really two advantages. First, you know, if the game's tight late, you're probably going to get an opportunity, yeah. and you're going to be facing somebody out of the bullpen, and usually you can narrow that down to pitcher A or pitcher B. Yeah. And so you have a lot of time to prepare because you know what they throw. You know you should if you're prepared, you're going to know how they're going to try to get you out. Yeah. And then you try to counter that by with your plan of your own. So and, and like you say, usually if you're pinch hitting late in the game, the game's it can determine the outcome. Yes, sir. Uh, unfortunately, the Blue Jays community lost a, a you know very well-known player, love beloved player in, in Tony Fernandez recently. Do you have any good? Uh, you played with him. Uh, any good memories and, and uh, anything you'd like to share with us about Tony and who he was? Yes, I, I have a lot of uh, great memories uh, with, about Tony. But when I heard that Tony had passed away, the first thought that I had. Uh, and the first thing that I, you would always think about when I think of Tony was his devotion to his family and to his faith. He was a man of great character and uh, of very strong faith, and he lived it every day. But uh, most certainly he was a great baseball player, and I had the good fortune to play right next to him for probably seven years or so. Uh, but he, Tony was the, the total package. Last question, uh, can you give us a bit of a preview of, uh, of what you plan to, to tell the assembled crowd? Well, it's actually, it's I'm not actually uh, speaking in the okay. sense of giving a speech. Yeah. Uh, it's a Q&A. Okay. So you, yeah. <laughs> you'll find out when they ask me, then we'll know where we're All going. Right. So. Sounds good, just yeah. like we've done here. Yeah. The night was also an opportunity to honor some of the players from the previous season, including Ben Adams, Max Grant, Ty Weavers, Hunter Porter, Jackson Clement, and Carlin Dick, who all took home awards. Dick was handed the Reno Lizzie Scholarship, while Clement was one of the Reno Lizzie underclassmen. Both took some time to chat with Ian as well. Jackson, uh, you got outside yesterday. It's February in Alberta, yeah. and you got a doubleheader. And tell me uh, what it was like to be playing baseball in February in Alberta. Um, it was awesome. Even if it was cold out, like just good to get outside and see some live, live action before we get down to Vegas and play in the Bishop Gorman tournament. And uh, yeah, it went overall really well day. And uh, just looking forward to our next games. Uh, the last time that I caught up you w with you was at the T12. Uh, tell me about just what you've been up to since that time. Um, after T12, we mostly shut it down for the fall season at Vauxhall due to the weather. So we went into the weight room. I've been working really hard during the off season. Put on 15 pounds this off season. Uh, hopefully of strength, I guess. But uh, yeah, so just lots of off-season training, speed work, and strength work. Uh, let's rewind things a bit just about your journey in baseball. I know a little bit of this story, but tell me about how you got into it. You're a pretty active kid, but uh, what, what stuck with you for baseball? Well, I've been playing sports my whole life, and uh, baseball was always one that I knew something just stood out to it for me. And so uh, I also played volleyball had a pretty good run at that too but baseball I just felt like I could always like I connected better with it almost yeah and tell me a bit about the Vauxhall program here I mean it's it's got uh, it's a program of some repute and uh, well known and well scouted uh, what have you thought of the program thus far yeah Vauxhall has been amazing to me 
I came here as a grade 10, so obviously one of the youngest on the team, or the youngest on the team, and uh, I just knew, like, while I was when I was choosing, it was between Vauxhall or Okotoks, and I knew Vauxhall was the place for me, because you, you, we live all together, you create such a good bond with your teammates, and obviously it's shown in the success that the program has had. Uh, you, had uh, you had some scouts here, I believe, uh, last week, it was yeah, a bunch of scouts coming through, what was that like? I mean, it's you kind of get used to traveling around and being going to places where there are scouts, but they're coming into your home turf. Is that uh, what's that process like? It's definitely easier on me than going somewhere else for scouts, but uh, it's nothing that I'm not used to now. Over this past year, I've been pretty. I got pretty used to it. Yeah. Uh, moving forward, what's the uh, what are your expectations for 2020? I believe you're committed for Utah. If I'm not mistaken. Is yeah, that... yeah. I recently committed to the University of Utah yeah. for baseball, and uh, I haven't signed with them yet. It was just a verbal commitment, and yeah. I'm just looking to have the best season as I can. And obviously, the number one goal is to try to get drafted out of high school. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just to have a great season. How do you, when you approach it like that, like that's a that's a big deal. That's a lofty dream. How do you just go out there and play and not get? nervous about things or do you have moments where you do have the nerves no I do I do get nervous quite a bit but I, I enjoy the nerves and I use them for my game yeah. like I, you can just build off them I feel like it helps me play actually yeah. uh, second of all or lastly I guess I'll put my scouting hat on describe yourself as a player tell what positions you play and uh, what uh, what should scouts be looking for when they see Jackson Clement um, I used to play everything growing up, but due to me being left-handed, it mostly first base, pitching, and outfield. I haven't pitched much recently because I found uh, hitting hitting I enjoy more. Yeah. So now I'm a primary center field, and I'm not really a home run home run type of hitter. I'm more of like an on base doubles kind of guy. How about defensively? What? Are you are you are you gonna baby your bats more or your gloves? <laughs> uh, definitely my bats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah awesome. I'm more of an offensive player. What's the perfect bat for you? And like dimensions and and make and that kind of thing. Um, right now we use all Rollins bats because we're sponsored by them. But uh, during the off season, I like to use bomb bat because yeah. they they don't break. Okay. I've gone through multiple bats throughout an off season, so it's a pretty good investment. Yeah. Uh, of course, this is the banquet weekend. We've got uh, former MLB talent in Rance Mullenix speaking. Uh, did you have you had a chance to hear from him yet? And if so, yeah, what was we, that like? We actually uh, sat down in the locker room. We got to ask him a bunch of questions. He told us some pretty cool stories yeah. that he had. And, uh, yeah, he seems like a great guy. Yeah, what did you take away from that, On a, that just that you could use in your uh, moving forward in your career? Um, definitely, he gave us a mindset. That he uh, he said that a light bulb went off in his uh, second year with the Blue Jays, and uh, it was yeah just the hard work and determination part. Like nothing came easy to him. He had to work for it. I guess why don't we start with uh, yesterday? It's February in Alberta, and you guys got out uh, for a doubleheader yesterday. Yeah, we Lethbridge. did. Yeah. How, what was that experience like? It was good. It was good to get out. I think it's one of the earliest times in the year that we've been outside, so it was good to get everything outside and take ground balls outside. We haven't done much in here, so yeah. uh, it was good to get live at bats too, especially before the season gets rolling in a couple of weeks here. So, 
Awesome. Uh, what were the field conditions like? <laughs> pretty good. Besides the snow bank in right field, they were oh, all yeah. pretty good. The infield was dry. Yeah. Um, outfield was pretty solid, but it was all dry. Yeah. They tarped their field, so oh, it's okay. good. Yeah. Uh, this is our first time uh, meeting and talking to you, so yeah. why don't we go back to, to your story in baseball. How did you get into the sport? Where are you from? What? Uh, give us the lowdown now. Uh, I'm from Abbotsford, British Columbia, yeah. and uh, I got into the sport. I got two older brothers at 27 and 23, yeah. and they grew up playing the sport, and so I just fell in love with it. I grew up playing football, basketball, yeah. hockey, you name it, played yeah. it all, and I just fell in love with baseball and carried me all the way here. Awesome. How did yeah. you end up in Vauxhall? What attracted you to this program? Um, I played with Dayton Peters my whole life growing up. He was graduated here last year. Yeah. And um, he had, he loved everything about it. And I also played for our assistant coach, Joel Blake's dad. Okay. So yeah. for my so two years at Bantam. Yeah. yeah. And then he helped me get out here for my grade 11 year. This is the, the banquet weekend. Yeah. Uh, Lots of people here filing in. Lots of people here to see Rance Mullenix speak. Yeah, did you yeah. get uh, a chance to, to meet Rance and pick his brain a little bit? Yeah, we did. We yeah. talked to him uh, just before we came over here around 4 o'clock and uh, told us a lot of cool stories. Yeah. My favorite one was probably his story about uh, Bobby Bonds and how he played with him in Anaheim. So, yeah, yeah he's got a lot of cool stories and he's got an uh, immense baseball mind that is yeah. very incredible. Um, what uh, what kind of stories did he tell you that you could actually, other than having like just a good laugh and, and having some good cool stories to hear, stuff that you can use kind of moving forward? As uh, yeah, for sure. Um, one he mentioned was be decisive. He was talking about how Cito Gaston had told him that if he's going to sit on a pitch, be decisive and don't let your mind change that, which I thought would uh, resonate pretty well with uh, young hitters like myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, describe yourself as a player. Uh, what uh, what positions do you play? What uh, uh, you know? Are you uh, if you're if you're really taking care of something in your locker room? Is it your glove? Is it your bat? What uh, what type of player are you? Uh, I'm big about my bat. I play the outfield, and uh, I think my strongest tool right now is my bat. But I've been working on my speed and my arm, so yeah. hopefully those get better. But yeah, if I was to take care of something, it'd definitely be my bat. Yeah. yeah. Now, what are the expectations uh, for you this year? How old are you? You're I'm 17. 17. Yeah. So what's the expectations for this year for you? Uh, just to have another winning season like we did last year yeah. and just to keep getting better every day yeah. and eventually move on, graduate and move on to college, my college career. Okay. And then I think you've signed, have you signed uh, Kinesis? Yeah, is Kinesis it, College. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, plans for the draft or hopes for the draft or is that something you think about? Or? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I hope to get drafted this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not expecting super high, but yeah. I would hope to get drafted. If not, and definitely in my college career. Yeah. How? Tell me about your approach to that. Does does having the MLB draft as a possible dream come true? Mm -hmm. Does it impact what you do on the field, or do you just kind of block that out a bit? Or well, I try to block it out as much as possible. It's a pretty big deal if you do get drafted for sure. Um, but yeah, on the field, I just play my game, and hopefully, someone finds something they like about it, and eventually take me in the draft. Also during the evening, a pair of Jets alumni were inducted into their Wall of Excellence. One of the originals from 2006-2007, David Reiniger, and 2013-2016 product and episode 24 and 36 guest Josh Bergman were honored. Reiniger sat down with Ian to talk about his memories of Vauxhall and more. So David, uh, first of all, congratulations on the award tonight. Tell me, let's go all the way back to you were the first recruit at uh, Vauxhall Baseball Academy. How did that come about? What's your recollection of that? Yeah, well, thank you very much. Um, 
Yeah, you know, uh, my dad was my coach my whole life growing up, um, and we were a baseball family in the province, and we knew Les, and, and Les knew of us. Um, so really how that came came about is Les was starting up an academy, and um, my recollection is we were at a banquet or something one night, similar, similar to tonight, and uh, he had approached my parents and talked about that, and they, you know, talked to me about it, and it was uh, from day one, it was... It was kind of a yeah. Let's let's go. You were all over it. Right. You were good to go. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. And tell me about that experience. You would have been the first uh, in that first graduating class and that first among the first students there. What was what was it like in those those early years? Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. We got here the first time. Um, brand new academy, brand new everything. Nobody quite probably knew exactly what they were doing quite yet. Yeah. Um, and we. We come in, and most people from different walks of life, I was from the city, right, come to a town of a thousand people and a and a K through 12 school with 150 people total in it. Yeah. And first day, you sit in with, you know, a couple guys I had grown up grown up playing against, but mostly guys I didn't know. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you're sitting in there, and it's it's day one, and you're meeting your coaches and meeting the staff at the school and meeting all these people, and it was. Uh, moving into a new place right because we didn't have dorms at that time we were in billet houses so we were i was living out on a farm city boy went and lived, lived out on a farm for a year in Vauxhall. um how was that adjustment was it oh it was fun yeah no it was fun my billet parents uh murray and danny were fantastic i think day two they they made me get in the tractor and taught me how to drive the tractor <laughs> yeah, yeah. and go feed the cows you were gonna learn something right right, right right no but it was uh it was great. There was some getting used to it. It's a new school. It's a new thing. It's new teammates. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we went to school until two or three o'clock, and then we were out on the field and we were working hard and we were playing ball. And we were playing um, college-age kids. We were going down to the states, going to Montana, Vegas, playing. And um, you know, thinking back on it and how new it was, it it's incredible how smooth it went. Yeah, it's incredible. Where did you end up going baseball-wise at, at like after box? So walk us through that. Yeah, so so I went down um, to a school, a Division II NCAA Division II school called the University of Alabama in Huntsville. Okay. Um, they play in what's called the Gulf South Conference, and it's it's great ball. I mean, it's talented guys. Um, it's a bunch of 5'11 guys like me, not necessarily 6'2", <laughs> 6'3", six, two, six, yeah. 230 guys that are playing D1 ball and right. they have all the potential. But the, the skill level was really high. Um, so I went down there, I played played for four years, you know, kind of had, had ups and downs in college for sure, but... Um, you know, you, were you a position player, pitcher? What was, uh, what was your yeah, project? I was a second baseman here. Okay. Um, when I went to college, the infield was... Uh, had a bunch of veterans in it when I got to school, and there was a spot in the outfield and at DH. So I played a lot in the outfield and at DH as a as a freshman, mostly DH actually. Yeah. And then um, I kind of just stayed out in the outfield from there on. So yeah, I played mostly outfield DH in college. Let's shift into your career. At what point did you kind of think baseball's been good, but I don't necessarily think it's uh, the career path? What? Uh, where did you go from there? Yeah, you know. Um, it was interesting. I was talking to the kids about that today, and they asked the same question, and I hadn't really necessarily thought about it like that before. Um, I probably knew 
when I made the decision where I was going to school that I probably wasn't going to go play pro ball and I needed to go have a good career. Yeah. Right. If I wanted to go do baseball 100% play pro ball, probably would have went junior college or out, try to go to a Division One school, try to go that direction. But I, I, I chose school um, for school and could also play baseball there and went to the Division Two school. So I think I knew that early on. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was an okay player in college, and I, um, I think that kind of reinforced that I knew I needed to work pretty hard in school, and that probably wasn't going to be the the forward path for me, yeah. baseball. Thing. And then uh, tell us what uh, what you were studying and what what kind of became the love of your your academic career and, and why you went that way. Yeah, um, it, yeah. When I was a junior in high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I started just going down the list of all the degrees you can possibly do. Big old list, probably <laughs> Wikipedia or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, aerospace engineering was really the only one that clicked for me that, that stood out. And at that time, I, I thought about airplanes and traveling, and I wanted to work on airplanes and do all that kind of stuff. Um, went down to Huntsville, and Huntsville's nickname is the Rocket City. That's where they designed the Apollo missions and the space shuttle and all that kind of stuff. So I really kind of fell into, uh, through my coursework, I got... Um, you know, I got exposure to both sides, and I kind of really fell in love with the rocket propulsion space industry side of things. Um, it was very interesting to me. And then when I graduated, I got an internship um, with Boeing uh, as a prime contractor on a brand new NASA contract, which is incredibly lucky, right? Just a, that was a little bit of a stroke of luck, um, but that reinforced it further, and I've kind of been there ever since. Yeah. yeah, and did you love it right away from the time you were interning? Where you're yeah, no, no, yeah. I've yeah, I've always loved what I what I do. Um, work in general has ups and downs, yeah. but um, no, I I have no issues getting up and going to the office every day. And, and walk us through just some of the day to day work you do now. I, I mean, there's jokes tonight about yeah. calling you rocket scientists and stuff yeah. like this. Break it down. What do you, what do you actually do, and, and what does it involve? Yeah, so. Uh, our company, Blue Origin, first of all, um, the company's overall goal is to create the infrastructure so that you can we can reduce the cost of going to space. So for future entrepreneurs, that they can go do great things and expand the civilization in space. Um, our program is kind of the very beginnings of that. I work on a, a rocket called New Shepard, and it's suborbital. It kind of goes up just to the you know, call it the edge of space, and it's meant to fly people up there and you get a float around, it's tourism essentially. Yeah. Get a float around for a couple, two, three minutes, and then you come back down. Yeah. Um, so my job is I'm in charge of the rocket portion of that of that rocket. So I'm the director over the, we call it the propulsion module or the booster stage. Um, so day to day, we are, we have, um, we launch out of a, a site down in West Texas, kind of in the El Paso area. Um, so we have a couple rockets in El Paso, and we're, we're flying from time to time. We have one in the factory we're building. We're doing upgrade upgrades all the time. We're trying to certify to fly humans for the first time this year, so we're doing a lot of work. The FAA is the certifying body, uh, Federal Aviation Administration. Um, 
So my everyday is trying to keep us flying, trying to get us flying humans, and trying to build the, the next best thing and make it better. Very cool. Yeah. Two more questions and I'll let you get sure. back to enjoying your evening. Um, tell me what you learned and what uh, what kind of skill set that you may have got at Vauxhall Baseball Academy kind of helped prepare you for, for the work you do now. Yeah. Um, you touched on that in your speech. Yeah, I talked yeah. about it and, and I skipped some of the things I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, for brevity, but um, and Vauxhall is a great example of it. But in my opinion, just student athletes in general is, um, you know, people don't realize that when you're going to school and you're playing baseball, baseball is a 40-hour job, and you're going to school. So the time management piece, um, baseball by its nature, you fail. You know, if you're a position player, you fail 70% of the time. You have to be able to take it. Right. You got to be able to take a coach chewing your butt every once in a while and uh, come back from it. You learn teamwork, you learn communication, you learn leadership. Um, you know, there's all kind of qualities that are great in the workplace, um, especially my, in my line of work, engineers are introverted and, and maybe don't have some of those qualities by nature uh, a lot of times. But there are some of those qualities that you learn through sport in general and they do a great job of fostering that here at Vauxhall. And, uh, at Vauxhall, they really had the community piece too, and caring about other people, getting out in the community. It's such a small, tight-knit um, group. Um, appreciation for other people, um, being humble, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, it's great. Last question is, uh, just what does it mean to you to come back to this community and to share with, with some of the athletes here that the end goal isn't necessarily Major League Baseball or even a career in baseball. You yep. can you can achieve success in other fields as well and, and this can be a part of that. Yeah, that was uh, I think that was the most special part of the weekend for me. You know, they, they chose me for this award and there's lots of kids that have been drafted and went on to play pro ball and done all been played division one baseball and had all kind of athletic accolades that, that I didn't necessarily have. Um, and I don't even necessarily think I have a bunch of career accolades at this point. It's still pretty fresh. But um, just the fact that they're willing to recognize um, something other than academics here and that there there is another path. And, um, you know, working hard and learning the lessons that you learn through baseball and through being at the academy, um, you know, open up many more doors than, than just going to play baseball. And I don't think probably when you're doing it, you realize it, so I'm not sure if the kids necessarily realize it yet, yeah. um, but that was, uh, it was nice to be able to talk to them a little bit, and hopefully they, they understand that there's uh, multiple options out there for them. Thanks again to Rance Mullenix, Jackson Clement, Carlin Dick, and David Reiniger for joining us on the podcast, and thanks to Ian and his wife for making the track south for the banquet. We'd also like to thank you for downloading and listening. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening as we have some great episodes already being planned for the next few weeks. Coming up next week, he was a man with a vision for baseball in southern Alberta and it turned out to be in Oaktokes, an in-depth conversation with John Arcandia. Until then, thanks again for all of your support, no matter the platform of Alberta Dugout Stories.